This is Jeremy Renta. And this is Amy Solara. And you have discovered Mantra and Magic. A podcast where Eastern philosophy meets Western magical practice. Welcome to this week's podcast, everyone. We have a special guest on, the one and only Andy Murphy. You may know her as the rock and roll shaman. And guess what? She lives like right next door to Jeremy. Yeah. Nice to meet new friends. Um, <laughs> this was a great This was a great conversation. Like you said, it's not really an interview. Yeah. Um, it was more of a discussion with another like-minded individual. And so it was good to get her perspective and actually you know, be able to share her brain. Right. We talk about so many amazing things from uh, being a teacher of these mysteries to being a student of them to uh, letting yourself just trust what is coming through and how that's been a huge part of her process and about literal resonance because Jeremy's voice is um, sound healing in and of itself. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, but I really love it because we do go deep dive into a lot of these things that um, people are encountering right now when it comes to identifiers and how to uh, work within your own personal blueprint. So it's free choice and it's fate at the same time. Just <laughs> <is> fun. Mm. <laughs> Um, and we don't go into a whole lot of didactic stuff, which I think is great because it goes to show that Jeremy and I are evolving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not just reading off points on a, on a notebook. Right. So we hope you enjoy and also want to let you know if you want to be entered to win a session with either Jeremy or I, and you go onto our podcast page on iTunes and you leave a five-star raving review with this week the prompt is what did you like that Andy said the best um, you'll be entered to win a session with either Jeremy or I and then just include either his name or my name if you want to specify who you'd like to be entered to win otherwise we'll just put you on both and you might get lucky and you'll you'll yeah yeah <laughs> get one of us or both of us um yeah, and uh, we recorded of a bit after as well, so we have a bit of a secret podcast that will be going up on our Patreons as well. So for Patreon subscribers, check that out. And if you're not a Patreon subscriber, um, honestly, I think some of the, the secret episodes are some of my favorites, just because of the stuff that we're covering. So <laughs> yeah, if you're inter interested in hearing some of the other uh, shit that, we're, that we go, the other rabbit holes that we go down, I would definitely uh, check it out. Even if you just go on, pay for one month with three bucks and download all the ones that are at we are currently, you know. Yeah. So it's it. I <laughs> I would request that if you do do that, that you let it process your payment <laughs> for at least yeah. one month. Yeah. Goes out <laughs> on the first, just as a thank you for access to all of these secret things. Um, we do go into some stuff that we aren't fully comfortable speaking about to the general public. Um, so. It's fun because it's stuff you wouldn't hear otherwise 
Mm-hmm. And you can also request stuff on there. So if you are a Patreon subscriber and you want to hear us have a conversation with someone specific and it's attainable, like, I mean, not that we can't talk to Tony Robbins, but... Barack Obama! Yeah! I don't know if I want to have that conversation. Anyway, we can... Um, we will look at those and we will definitely take them into consideration, if not actively pursue them, because um, we would love to be able to have conversations with people that you guys are interested in hearing their thoughts and opinions and advice and all of that good stuff so please hit us up and uh my patreon uh tiers will be getting restructured and simplified uh in the next couple of weeks so if you haven't gone on and checked it out uh go check it out soon uh the options that i had on before were a 30 minute um Give me 30, which is what I, we, I had called it, uh, so that you can come in for a energy healing session. It's now going to be anything. If you want to do a coaching session, if you want to do an energy healing session, we can do that. We can cover material that you want to cover. And then I'm also going to have some structured teaching lessons that will go along with that. So if you don't have anything in mind that you want to do, uh, I can give you some instruction and, uh, and some of the things that I do with my magical practice, which may help you as well. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Go check it out. Listen for the next hour and let us know how it goes. Fabu. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we are here today not just jeremy and i but with my dear friend andy andy murphy rock and roll shaman um and it's really funny because jeremy and andy are within like almost walking distance of each other basically (laughs) and they've never met in person (laughs) we have to have this person on as a guest you know my friend andy right yeah where is she well she's actually uh she lives on your street (laughs) outside your front door yeah (laughs) Knock, knock. Andy, would you just real quick describe for us a little bit about what you do and why you do it? (laughs) (laughs) Not that anybody listening to this doesn't know, but just in case this is the first episode they're hearing. Um, I will will do my best. Um, Okay. Why I do it is because I have no other choice. This is what I was designed and born and bred every freaking lifetime to do. So I, Uh (laughs) a vessel of the divine healing moves through me. I work in multidimensional spaces. I'm remembering the ways of the priestess, um, but really like galactic shamanism, I think is probably the easiest place that I do these days. Um, I recognize that it is my job to bring people from the 3D into galactic consciousness because uh, 3D is rapidly dissolving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, some shit's going down on planet Earth, and it's an evolution, not a uh, destruction. So I'm here to kind of oversee and uh, create some access points for that, I think. But it changes all the time. Yes, yes. As you always say, <laughs> um, I I had the pleasure of encountering you through a podcast. Um, I was I remember it so so vividly. Like 
you know how you remember when you see the person that you fall in love with, like just clearly you never forget it. Yeah. Like the mm-hmm. the day I fell in love with Andy, sure. I was driving home from leading a new moon ceremony with one of my coven sisters here in Arizona. And I was like, I need to listen to something that makes me like continue this energy that just flowed through the whole space and I was flipping through my my podcast and I saw that spirit guides had interviewed you and I was like I haven't listened to that one yet and I turned it on and like five minutes in you were speaking in light languages and I was like I have to meet her and then be her best friend I don't know how this is gonna happen but this is gonna happen and then proceeded to like follow me on Instagram, go on your website, sign up for uh, the Akashic class. Like it was just instant knowing of that you were going to have this huge impact on my life and you have, and I'm so, so grateful because I don't think I've encountered anyone else who has done what you have done in terms of like lighting up those activation points and like helping the remembering and I think when, when you describe what you do, you're, you're not just a healer in the sense of like, you know, people come to you, they've got crazy ancestors clawing at their backs and they want them to go away. Like, they come to you because you are helping them piece back together like lifetimes of their experiences so that they can walk in their light without fear. Well, yeah, I'm going to put that on my website now. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it's about resonance, right? And I'm, yeah. I'm grateful for all of your words, but I also want to acknowledge like Jeremy, who I'm meeting today for the first time, like the resonance of this man's voice. I'm like, oh, <laughs> look, there it is. Um, so I think in the way that I show up in the world too, it's about the resonance of who I am. It's the frequency and the vibration that moves through me that, um, people either respond to or don't. Um, So there's a lot of uh, familiarity and there's a lot of past lives that are pretty intact that I'm accessing. And I want everybody to be able to access theirs as well. This is, this is something that uh, Amy and I had kind of touched on as wanting to be part of the topic. So I'm glad you led into it. It's almost like we discussed this beforehand. Um, (laughs) When it comes to speaking uh, with either new students or with people who maybe you may be working in a coven with, um, there is a there is a an area where there's a loss in translation um where we kind of get to the point with i know that amy and i both have struggled with this when it gets to a point where you become kind of didactic in the way that you're expressing information um instead of just again kind of doing the breadcrumb idea that most uh mystery schools do to keep people intrigued so that they find their own path um when it comes to information like that when you get a download for someone Uh, how is it that you are able to differentiate the message that is coming through for you? And how can you, how do you translate it when you're talking to somebody so that you, A, don't offend them or B, don't completely lose them? Mm. Um, I don't assume that they're idiots. So, (laughs) (laughs) right? Right. It's me, they're ready for me wherever I'm at right now. So I don't water anything down and I don't filter it because that would be my ego that comes in and begins editing, which I think uh, is really dangerous. Right. Mm -hmm. So instead, I treat every session and every um, interaction in that regard as an open It's the divine working through me. Um, Andy will have her own experiences of it, but uh, it's not for me. Right. 
Um, and in human design, I'm a projector. So it works out quite well in that regard. <laughs> but like, I don't have any of my own energy. None of, I assume that none of it is Andy and everything is the other. Right. Um, and in that process, I learn a lot. In that space, I can embody great humility because uh, my path is shaman. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know a damn thing. Spirit will fill me in or show me where I need to go. So I learn a ton through being able to sit with others in that way and right. being able to witness their path. You're just kind of reading your lines. It's kind of what it feels like. I mean, I, I feel that way as a space holder as well, where it's just kind of like, this is what I'm feeling. I don't know if this resonates with you or not, if this yeah. makes sense at all. And then you may have somebody, you know, I always check in with my clients after I get done with the session a couple of days after to make sure physically they're feeling okay and energetically they're feeling okay. Because um, a lot of the times there will be past stuff that clears. And the amount of times that people have said, what you said didn't make sense at that point, but this, <laughs> these things have started to kind of, I've started to draw correlates. So... I understand where you're coming from in that. Um, I've been doing this for 15 years. So I can certainly say that my confidence in it, like in the earlier days, I was a lot more hesitant and a lot more. um, hmm, I would, I would, I would, I would mute myself or dim myself so that I could be understood or so that I could be met. Um, (laughs) At this point in the game, I'm like, uh-uh, like, y'all want to play with me? Come on up here. It's so much more fun anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the, the concept that the two of you are talking about that really clearly is, illustrates this is the shamanism idea of the hollow bone, mm-hmm. right? Like, you're just this channel, this conduit of divine energy moving through or, like, higher self energy, whatever people want to call it. And your ability to move out of the way I think mm-hmm. is the indicator of like your adeptness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like my, I think my head is still so in the way so many times. That's why I struggle with imparting information because my head is like, wait, I don't know if they're going to understand that. And my heart would say, well, it wouldn't be coming through if they're not ready. Right. And I think my love too, that might just be insecurity still. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I've been there, too. And now, um, yeah, I've just had enough experiences where, like, when I get out of the way and then what comes through blows their mind. And then I can look at it. I'm like, well, yeah, that was cool. I don't really know where the hell that came from. So as a clairsentient, um, I don't have the blessing of the visuals. Um, I just have to go with the feeling. And I've had to really learn a lot. Um, from that and you know this place of cancer as well <laughs> where in yeah sun sign cancer, I've got a lot of cancer in my chart um, I really have to go with like the vibration of it all in the absence of anything else yeah right with, with all of that um, cancer though I feel like you can't help but be psychic like I remember hearing you share your story about you being a little kid and knowing all already that you had these gifts. And so many of us, I think either didn't know it was an option or it was shut down. We were told like from the outside, from the get go, no, you can't, or that's wrong. Um, how did you find like the teachers and the things that, that promoted that so that you could step into it fully? I didn't. I mean, like you didn't <laughs> 14 talking to my family doctor saying, so I think it must be schizophrenia because I hear lots of things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think for me, clinically, I was always, tr- um, I always felt crazy. 
Mm. um, but was fascinated by ESP and ghosts. So like my passion was always very clearly driving me to the place. And yet my, um, my insecure cancer who wanted to fit in was always pulling myself back from the reality of it. So I didn't Mm. find teachers. Um, I read lots of books. Um, but yeah, I, I would even say at this stage, like looking back, I never had the teachers who I felt like were really leading me. They might have a piece for me, but I never found the teacher. Um, like I've been watching a lot of Ram Dass lately because he's the only thing that keeps me sane. So hearing the way that Ram Dass gets to engage with his teachers, I'm like, oh, fuck, I haven't had one of those. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so much of it has been this inner journey of gaining the peace and then kind of bring a very shamanic right gaining the peace, bringing it back to the world testing it in the world and being like oh um so its veracity had to be proved to me over and over for me to have the confidence and faith to follow it Mm. which is really irritating right i would love to have a teacher who's amazing who can like open the doorways for me and i haven't had that and i think in my own path as teacher or guide, because I'm really, I dislike the word teacher quite a bit right now. I think it's a little too egoic. Um, (laughs) In my own path, like I think it's what drives me to be even better at that because I have been so let down by other. I feel like it's almost like you're, you've had to be your own high priestess if we're looking at like the tarot. Yeah. Okay, fine. And that's, (laughs) yeah, I have. And uh, it's not, it's not the easiest path. I, I think I've been burned by the fire quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I've had to learn the hard way quite a bit. I've gotten psychically attacked in demonic possession quite a bit. <laughs> but I haven't had the teachers and the gateways and the protection and the nurturing that says like, why don't you try this boo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely resonate with that. I've had lots of, of people in, uh, we'll say incarnate form (laughs) who have been teachers. But I think what you're saying about the ego, it definitely comes in, comes into play. And I have found the same thing. Like I've, I've had teachers through uh, working in plant medicine ceremonies and, you know, as a body worker and as a healer, the people that I have worked with where it gets to a point where you either feel like you outgrow the teacher, the whole idea of it's like, you're, you're imposing too much of your stuff on me because I'm not going to follow your path. I'm here to learn the pieces of what you have. And I also want to venerate my teachers. Don't get me wrong. Everybody who has done anything written books or has been, um, a physical hands-on teacher for me. Thank you. I'm standing on your shoulders, mm-hmm. but there is a certain point where you kind of have to, you have to stand put the, on their shoulders. You have to literally, you kind of <laughs> be like, all right, homie, just stand still. I got to get up here. Um, and for me, the the teachers that have had the biggest impact have been um, people who have been alive and who I have connected with in ceremony. So some of my favorite authors, like actually reaching out to them and I get confirmation that they are present ceremony you know either through visuals through audio i'm very clear audience i hear a lot of in ceremony and um well just in i would say in altered states but that's just life and ceremony in general um Mm -hmm. so being able to find teachers who you know a lot of their bullshit has been kind of cut away (laughs) when they're putting it into work form either they've got an editor who's doing the things that uh, are pulling out the things that don't need to be there or you're able to kind of read between the lines if you find a a teacher or or an author who really resonates with you so that you're 
you know, even if you're cherry picking the things that work for you, I think that that's fine. This is your journey and you're supposed to be able to kind of like figure out which parts on the map where you're supposed to stop in the places, the cities and towns that you can cross over and, you know, move through. Um, and thank you for that. Cause yeah, like I have had teachers who I am so incredibly grateful for. Um, and I have also had a lot of teachers who, uh, their ego got in the way of them being able to fully cheer me on. Mm -hmm. Um, coming in as psychic as I did, or as a way, like whatever the hell the word is. Um, I think sometimes teachers were threatened by me because Mm -hmm. I would show up with skills that they hadn't gained yet. And, um, you know, that's a problem, but yeah, like I I can speak to like, Oh my God, Catherine Skaggs and Lynn Wachowski and Elliot Cowan. Like I have teachers who have gifted me with things, but I have never allowed them to be the guide. I've like gotten the pieces from them that I need and had to forge my own path. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, as you were saying, Jeremy, isn't that the gift of it? I don't want to follow anybody else's path. I don't want anyone else showing me the way because that's not my way. That's theirs. Well, and as, and as a teacher, I don't want to be on a pedestal, you know, that's one of the things my partner, my partner had said a couple of days ago, she was like, you know, it's, she was, we were discussing things, of course, because of where we are right now in cancer and in the full moon with Capricorn. There's a lot of hard lessons that are going on. Thanks, Saturn. Um, so, but she was like, you know, there's, I'm right now at the point where I realize you've kind of fallen off the pedestal from when we first met. And I'm like, that hurt, but it's also like, thank God. Yeah. Like, I don't have that, that perfection thing that I have to try to like impose or like try to keep this facade up. Like, I'm glad that you see me as a person, you know, and, uh, that is that is a huge gift when it comes to teachers when you get to the point where you go oh you were in this exact same place you may still be in this yeah. exact same place mm-hmm. i can see you as a human being and i can still learn from you and hopefully you can learn from me i think that's a big part mm-hmm. too when the teacher becomes like the whole idea of like the teacher becomes the master when the master goes oh you've got some things that i actually actually haven't thought about and it may be time for us to stop working yeah. together you need to move on and either do your own work go dr- you know go sit in uh, you know, a, a silent space for a couple of months by yourself and, and really process through these things or uh, start feeding me some of this information so that I can kind of help guide you a little bit more too. Like, oh, that's cool. I'll do the research. And then the next time we talk, we can actually work together in this as opposed to, again, like I said, being didactic and trying to kind of lead right. one person kind of taking the reins. Well, and it's, um, I think for me, trying to lead with my vulnerability and having to break down the constructs of how unprofessional that could be. Um, Because Mm -hmm. the more that I show up in my authenticity, which can be incredibly vulnerable at times just by my nature. um, Wow. I don't know that uh, it doesn't always feel safe for me. And I found that like my razor's edge of where people respond to me the best is like the more messy I feel and I show up (laughs) people. (laughs) And that blows. Um, but I think it's exactly that. Like, I never want to be on a pedestal that creates separation that creates, um, we're all here to evolve together in this lifetime and none of us really have the keys to do it. So it's going to take all hands on deck to fucking remember the past lives and remember the old ways and bring them back forward for us to succeed here. I'm curious within that notion of um all of us working together and all of us kind of having different parts of the puzzle and you and I both doing mystery school stuff (laughs) like the the choice of one to reveal those parts and and the messages from spirit that you get that you're like oh this is not for everyone 
um, like how does that happen often for you? Does that happen? Not at all. Ask me the question a little differently, babe. Um, so in, in helping other people around you gain more awareness of themselves, remember more bits and pieces of this entire puzzle we're all working on and discover the keys that they're holding within themselves. Um, when you're working with the different groups of people, right? Cause you get each, each time you do a course, you get a different group of people. Each time you, you interact with people on Patreon, you get a different group of people. How do you know sometimes when, like, do you get information that's for specific groups mm. versus the whole? I think that's what I'm learning now. Um, yeah. and, uh, my astrologer said this a couple of years ago. She's like, you know what people need at an innate level. Mm-hmm. And so that's not a skill. That's an act of faith. Yeah. Um, so I have to trust that whatever is coming through, uh, usually at this point in time, I haven't been doing private clients. So it's for the group that this is what the group is ready for. Mm. Um, and then I need just a little bit of like, Hey, Hey, is this resonating with you guys? Does this feel right? So that I have the courage to continue to bring that message or teaching through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really my, uh, my heart on is for waking <laughs> people up, um, and not waking them up but activating them. I'm not a waker upper. Um, I like yeah. to activate, right. I like to turn on the keys. Yeah. Because I get excited as like, oh my God, you just remembered something that I have no knowledge of. Oh, that's real sexy to me. Yeah. That's when I know I do, I'm doing a good job is whenever my mind is blown by what somebody else has just remembered or brought in. Yeah. That's happened a couple of times with the All Souls where I'm like, you saw what? <laughs> <laughs> you heard who? <laughs> that's awesome and being able to the gift of being able to witness that and then champion that so that they have the courage to continue to bring that through yeah that is the sweet spot right now i think we as teachers leaders healers whatever the hell we are um, way showers like i think that's the word that feels safest to me right now we're the way showers way showers um Mm -hmm. That's what's going to be really fun is as we encourage others to like step into the confidence of it, um, it, it will ignite faster. I think this is something, I mean, there's a, the spirit, uh, spirit guides magazine episode that you guys did together too. I was listening to that earlier and you guys were talking about the, or you ladies, <laughs> let's be politically correct. Um, I don't know how you identify. Um, you, uh, you ladies were talking about the words that you, were, that you identify with, which is something that Amy and I have had a, a full podcast on, or resonating with the word witch or resonating with whatever title as shaman. Um, and for me, I think as a uh, ceremonial magician, Ooh. which is really the thing that fits most with yeah. me, is, yeah, because if every act is ceremonial, then you're constantly, I'm constantly a ceremonial magician. I treat every, every session on table as a ceremony. I treat my magical practice as a ceremony. You're praying over your food. You're giving thanks to the people who helped grow the, you know, the plants, whatever else, everything is kind of a ceremonial aspect. So with that being the case too, all of the teachers that I, who have also worked in the lineages that I have worked in have put all of this information that works for them, right? They do it over and over again. They write down, um, what has uh, been the continual uh, whatever the outcome is from the, the things that they've done. And it's like, they put it down. I read it and I go, Oh, okay. Well, somebody else wrote this and Hey, it works. 
the actual interpretation as to why it works, I don't necessarily think it always has to resonate with people. Sometimes people don't have to understand, like we were saying, like, um, it's a big thing for me to try to remove a lot of the woo of what it is that we're doing, because I want, I want everybody to realize that they're, they have, they can perform magic and they can use whatever title they want to. They want to be a mage. They want to be a witch. They want to be a shaman. It doesn't, whatever title they, they use doesn't matter. They can create their reality, right? So being able to remove some of that woo and give an explanation is incredibly important to me and my partner, who's a licensed professional counselor, who is looking at it from a standpoint of there's a governmental body that <laughs> says that we can depart, impart this information. We need to make sure that we have a, you know, a scientific way of explaining it to people <laughs> so that it doesn't just seem like it's a bunch of bullshit. Um, Which so, is what I disagree with. I'm like, there shouldn't well, be <laughs> no governing body telling you what is right. <laughs> but I also, there's a reason I didn't, go after the golden dawn or i didn't go after a lot of these other hierarchical magical systems because i didn't want to be under someone else's authority i wanted to be my own spiritual authority Mm -hmm. and right that we're moving into mm -hmm. yes and like so i liked the reclaiming witches that i met because that was what starhawk said she's like you're your own spiritual authority i was like cool i'm in (laughs) so and from that point on all my teachers within it um and I love them, Caduceus and Lori Lovecraft. And they had this way of saying, like, I would ask them a question and they'd say, well, what's true for you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cool, you're a good teacher because <laughs> you're not just telling me the answer. And I loved it. I just kept digging. They're like, I would ask, like, which god or goddess should I work with for this thing? And they would say, well, which one applies? <laughs> like, It was this constant turn the question back around on the student of you have all the answers internally. If you're owning the title of witch, you don't need me to teach you anything. Mm. It's yeah, all you don't, need, you don't need exterior validation. Yeah. And the second that you start relying on that from someone else, then you're just a follower of a religion rather than a right. practitioner of magic. Well, right. and it's interesting, Jeremy, because um, as you like, I don't resonate at this moment in time so much with the word shaman, although I use the tools mm-hmm. of shamanism, right? Um, right. and so ceremonialist is what keeps coming in. Like I live life as ceremony. I participate in ceremony mm-hmm. with every breath and every step I take. Um, yeah. So just interesting that you, uh, tapped right into that brother thing. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and, and in that we have permission to evolve, right? So trying to mm-hmm. be in that place of greater authenticity where just because the name brand might be rock and roll shaman. I'm allowed to outgrow that as well. And it doesn't mean that I'm out of integrity. It actually means that I'm evolving into something different. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, th- that's something that I was always scared of when I was younger. It's like, am I going to, am I going to agree with my past self, you know, two years oh, from now, it doesn't fucking matter. It's right? all a journey, right? <laughs> like we're, we're in the process of growing. And as my partner, Lindsay says, like every, uh, every stage in our life starts with a point of not knowing. Like we always are going to not oh. know something, right? Or we may know it and it takes a little <laughs> while for us to remember. But the fact is you can't really beat yourself up over not being aware of Mm-mm. something. Uh, and that's something I think with religion that, that any type of dogmatic structure it can be religion. It can be school where somebody goes, what, you didn't realize that George Washington was the first president of the United States. Well, that's the stuff that all these white people have been saying my entire life. It's like, <laughs> all right, well, that's, that's great, but like, do you have to feel do I have to feel bad about the fact that I didn't have that information nope. beforehand? And also, can I take some time to maybe look into this myself because <laughs> I don't know if that's actually true. You know, whatever the thing is, I'm a I'm an empiricist, no matter what else. You know, like I want to have proof. I want to have a, a 
physical uh, full body experience of whatever the thing is to know that, yes, this, this feels good to me. And I can actually relate to whatever this is before I, I uh, allow the stamp to be put on. And then I want it to be able to be washed off if I need to, you know, if it doesn't serve anymore. Uh, No tattoos. (laughs) I mean, I still, I've talked about it. As long as you and I have known each other, I've been talking about tattoos and I still haven't gotten any. And I've gotten like 25 since I met you. (laughs) (laughs) And it's interesting, Jeremy, that you say that idea of empiricist, because again, feminine, masculine brains in this, I would think that an empiricist, like you need the proof, but the way that you just explained it was like, your proof is going to be a direct experience of, and that's proof enough. Um, That's cool. Thank you. Thank you for evolving that for me. Of course. (laughs) Um, Speaking of evolving yourself, how, like if somebody was just listening to this and had never played around like they haven't heard any of the other episodes that we've done on any other podcast and they're like okay if I have this information within me and I want to unlock it um how would you recommend them going about that process like would you say go look for book like my is always go look for books so I want to know like other ways of not just recommending a full library of reading um, to begin this process of awakening their senses when it comes to intuition, awakening their um, practice when it comes to listening to those inner voices and inner knowings. Um, With anything that I teach, like uh, no Google, no books is kind of like my number one rule. We don't want Mm -hmm. the um, knowledge to come from outside. We want We want permission for the freedom of remembering to come from within. So uh, the shamanic journey has been the tool that I used for a long time. Um, And even my relationship with that has shifted quite a bit. So now I'm in spaces of like asking a question and listening for the answer. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that answer comes from within. More recently through all quarantine, um, I'm having a hard time finding that inner and it's an engagement with the world. So like today, I had two butterflies and a dragonfly who were teaching me just by me listening. I've been working with the wind quite a bit in the last few weeks. Um, So it's that engagement with the world that I'm looking for rather than the knowledge or the brain. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody else's experience. I want my own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then having to trust that. (laughs) 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 I think that's probably the biggest is that trust. Like, when I started working with you and you're like, so why don't you trust yourself? <laughs> well, we've been told that we're not allowed to. Um, so in the deprogramming mm-hmm. that's going on right now in this era, who um, we were told that we weren't the authority, that we weren't allowed. Um, and even if we look at, you know, the idea of the church, you know, that separation between the divine and self that has been so destructive, there's been so much shame around trusting ourselves. And for most of us, I'm sure you guys and those of us, others who are listening, the persecution at a cellular level from past lives um, and the Mm -hmm. fear that has been put into us of like listening to that divine voice within, it takes a lot to really trust it. And it's not just something that you're doing wrong, right? There's not, it's not just like, oh yeah, you don't trust it. It's not dismissive. This has to be dismantled and unwoven at such deep cellular levels. It's, uh, that's the work of it. Yeah. I I loved what you said on your most recent podcast um, that it you aren't the only one who got burned at the stake. 
and I were like arguing about something <laughs> wonderful and he was like well like all your witch friends who all think they're the only ones who ever died from fire and I was like okay one you're doing a blanket statement so that's not fair two that's also kind of true but three I'm not one of those <laughs> like we're going into this whole process and I was like doing any past life work you will realize as someone who is a way shower right now that the amount of times you've died from trying to show the way is like almost too many to count it's just it's what we've experienced as people as souls who are doing the work well, <laughs> so if and you, the fear oh, of ahead. it um and egyptian mysteries is what i have been uh teaching through most recently um in the Egyptian mysteries, listening to Nadia K. Eagles and the way that she taught, who I never met in this life, um, like her throat would burn and she would literally get like physically sick for two to three weeks after teaching this information because there were so many lifetimes that you weren't allowed to share. Don't talk about it. You don't share it. It doesn't go bigger mm -hmm. than this. And so the physiological effects that we as way showers choose to um, heal through in order to like undo this persecution energy because it is uh yeah multifaceted and really fucking irritating <laughs> yeah it is there i i fully yep. recognize the moments when i i either lost my voice or i got sick yep. or i just like totally internalized whatever it was that i was experiencing energetically um and i my biggest hope is that now that the those of us who have been doing this for um, this lifetime and are <laughs> the way we keep saying it on this podcast is we're standing at the bottom of the rabbit hole, catching the ones who are falling down. <laughs> so, like, the, the, those of us who are there doing that. Okay. Welcome to Wonderland. If you turn left, you will find yourself at the Hatter's table. And if you turn right, you will go. Um, like <laughs> we're in a space where, um, the people falling don't have to experience those same physiological symptoms. As way showers, right? Like, I, yeah, mm -hmm. I have hit some bumps and bruises, and I hope that my experience of that will make the path easier for others. And it doesn't have to be my path, but like, here's all of the options of where you can go. So, um, yeah, I love that analogy. Thank you for bringing it in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like, I mean, again, I'm just eternally grateful to the amount of way showing you have done in my lifetime recently oh. like when when we did that clearing though it oh yeah that was kind of big okay the, <laughs> like I don't talk about dark nights of my soul very often because uh I just have not learned the gift of vulnerability yet <laughs> I'm getting there and on the secret episode of last week we we heard some pretty vulnerable stuff of me um and I still was not even crying. Like, really? it's just, it's, it's, yeah. And we can talk more about this yeah. afterwards. But um, I, when I went through that clearing with you and I basically had no spirit guides, no gods or goddesses, no framework for how to work with anything outside of my own soul, I felt so abandoned and so lost. I didn't want to teach anymore. I didn't read, I didn't pick up tarot cards. I didn't do anything because I was in this, like, um, instead of fight or flight, I was in freeze yeah. and I had no, um, 
no other teachers outside of myself to show me how to get back onto my own path. <laughs> and it was the best experience of my life. Well, and it's because to you, my love, because I, yeah, say, like we have faced similar, uh, <laughs> other <laughs> clients who have rejected it completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so chose to stay in the illusion or chose to stay in the comfort. Um, and I've had a little, you know, we all look back and I'm having a little bit of guilt over bringing that to people when I thought they were ready and maybe they weren't and that relationship went south. So thank you mm-hmm. for really being the one who um, was able to take that information and rise like a phoenix through it. Thank you. Yeah, it's... Um, it's not it's not fun. No. And it radically shifted the way I taught from that point on where I was like, you don't go talking to any other beings unless you get confirmation of exactly who they are and why they're there and what they're doing for you. And you don't let them tell you to worship you. Like no sacrifices shall be made. Like I just got so clear on boundaries that had never been put in place before. And it's like, Oh, that was huge. And then on top of that, realized if I'm going to go around toting this phrase, if I am my own spiritual authority, I better damn well practice it and not be listening to anybody else outside of myself saying, this is what you should be doing, regardless of if they have a body or not, especially if they don't have a body. Cause that's just, <laughs> um, and then I, boundaries. I can say that that's uh, yeah. not anything that teachers showed me. They didn't show me mm-hmm. the boundaries. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think in not knowing what those boundaries are, having to find them for ourselves. Yeah. I get to be a dick about my boundaries with spirit. And I'm like, just because you don't have a body doesn't mean you have anything special to convey. And there's no exchange of power that needs to occur here. Mm-hmm. God. Um, and so, yeah, I find it heinously irresponsible whenever other teachers aren't um, really conveying that better. Yeah. So that's like the number one thing I teach people first is we connect to our own souls that's the voice that you listen to number one because you are your like your own highest self is the going to be the clearest and the loudest when you're in full alignment when you're living in the present in the now in your own Mm -hmm. soul's blueprint there is going to be no question about what is true no question about your way forward because you're not worried about it. You're just in it. Can I acknowledge um, that might be ideally true, but right now I don't fucking know what's going on forward. I don't know what's ahead of me. Like I feel like the two of swords, right? I'm completely blind. And yet I can find this space of center where I'm like, yeah, like, okay, we're, we're cool in here, but I don't know a direction. Yeah. Okay. Let me clarify that. You don't care about the way forward. (laughs) Your human does your, your human ego very much cares. Um, like my own human is like, wait, but how do we plan? Because we have to make a list because we have to like figure all this out because this is how we operate. And my soul's just chuckling. Like you're so cute. I love the way that you figure out how to live in this world and interact with people, but that's not what we're going to do anymore. And so living in this space of it does not actually matter one way or another if I know what's coming or if I plan for what's coming because I'm going to love it and be happy and be curious and enjoy it no matter what because that's what the divine right that's why yeah so much is because once you can find that um, like there's a piece with it of like I may not be able to see it but I know that it's coming Um, Mm -hmm. the the book that I'm reading right now, um, shite, I forget the name of the book, but it's wind shamanism was what I'm studying right now for myself. 
Um, and she yeah. says that one of her teachers said to her, if you sit on a curb for the next 10 years, your destiny will still find you. Yeah. It brought me mm -hmm. such comfort of like, I don't need, like hustle is dead. Alignment is the only thing that makes any sense anymore. And even in that place of alignment, I don't know where I'm going. So that stillness doesn't mean I'm making a mistake. Doesn't mean that I need to, um, you know, I think it's very easy for those of us who are on this path of awakening and enlightenment to really feel like there's always a doing that needs to occur. And if mm -hmm. I'm not doing, it means that I'm somehow irresponsible or lazy um, no, no, no. There's there. I, I've, I've been learning through quarantine the gift of stillness and all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something that keeps uh, repeating in my head from uh, what we're talking about here is the the concept of ordeal ceremonies. And you know, one of the ways that I actually found this work was through sitting and serving in ayahuasca ceremonies, through uh, sitting in uh, cambo ceremonies, and it's that you know, whenever there are two or more present uh, so shall I be kind of idea that you have something else that's there that gives you perspective and even with the the concept of doing this through quarantine silence and not having an answer and not having a choice to do anything is is something that you can still bounce things off of you know and for people who have anxiety who are looking who are always looking to whatever that answer is they need some type of direction having to sit with it and be the hanged man is incredibly difficult but that is a teacher yeah. and that's a you know that's another it can be an ordeal lesson or an ordeal ceremony for in the same way that putting your hand in a glove with bullet ants you know can be for somebody else <laughs> or swimming through a temple of crocodiles that's the one i keep coming back to <laughs> <laughs> this little lioness is like god damn it <laughs> that keeps coming up um i love that jerry yes it's the stillness is probably one of the biggest ordeals that our culture can face. Well, and mm -hmm. we're on the brink of facing so much of it. I was talking with an astrologer friend last night and like, fuck, I did another video today where I was just sobbing because I'm like, whatever is coming is, um, it's massive. It's terrible. Yeah. And if you think that it's happening right now, <laughs> 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 um, this is nothing compared to what's coming. And as, spiritual practitioners as way showers as those who are um because i you know what i love about you guys is you're as committed to your path as you are to serving right um we have mm -hmm. to be um how yeah. do we fucking embrace what's ahead when we can't see it um yeah so i've just been sitting in my own places of fear and like whoo am i strong enough to face what's coming um i don't know but there's not really a choice right mm -hmm. <laughs> And that, to that point, like, if we are in this stillness, I love what you're doing, Andy, with the connecting back to nature, because that's what it's going to take. Yeah. No matter what comes, if you are anchored into this planet's rhythms and cycles and seasons and the understanding that every single thing is connected and then the butterfly effect is freaking real, <laughs> that if you, <laughs> if you understand, like, how to connect into those really beautiful types of of energies and spirit manifestations right like all the plants and the animals and mm -hmm. and how they can teach us we know that they keep coming back like we keep destroying them and it keeps coming back like if you if you leave a city for a little while like you will find things coming up through the pavement you will find new life 
finding holes and nooks and crannies in order to make homes. And it's not impossible to think that there can be something really, really wonderful on the other side of whatever this storm is. Oh, I know it's wonderful on the other side. It's yeah. <laughs> Can you make it it's through just, the storm? We're still over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's navigating this. It's not even navigating. It's getting through the storm. Um, so yeah. In the, Battening down the hatches. Yeah. <laughs> um, listening to nature feels to be the only way. I'm gr- incredibly grateful um, that I have a yard, that I get to sit outside mm-hmm. in the sun. I'm incredible. Like this summer has been so sweet in those ways. I'm, I'm very rarely indoors and I'm outside so much more. Um yeah, we've got to learn. We've got to go to the ancient ways because um, even watching how technology is going to shift, we can't trust that. Mm-hmm. Got to learn how to listen. I spent the whole morning researching um, how to grow my favorite spices and fruits. <laughs> I was like, okay, so I need a cinnamon tree and I need a frankincense tree. And because we live in zones 11 through 12, I can have myrtle bush and I can have <laughs> I was like going through every single essential oil that I liked if we were in the zones to grow that type of plant or not. Well, balsam fir, that's going to be up in Canada. So I'm going to have to have some kind of connection up there. And if I want Himalayan sea salt, I better stock up. And I was just like in this space of what can I create in my garden where I can be completely self-sustainable and also completely giving where if I have this little mini Eden and I know that my neighbors are struggling because a few of them maybe refuse the microchip and now they can't go buy stuff. Like how can we work together? How can I then teach them how to compost? How can I then teach them how to capture rainwater because their water is getting shut off because they refused. Oh, like, goodness. You go into that. St- uh, yeah, I'm not playing that yeah. timeline at all. I'm like, I know that I will be fine. Um, yeah. That's so funny. Um, and as you were talking, the other thing that I hear, right, while, while you're researching how to have access to all of these things, I think there will also be a psychic resurgence, like the, mm-hmm. um, the etheric connections that we then have to one another, the ability to contact somebody who's got a balsam fur, not through the internet, but through a psychic connection. And um, like, I'm so excited for that to strengthen. Yeah. Where our yeah. reliance on technology um, <laughs> is laughable <laughs> when we realize our true telepathic abilities. Yeah. And for us to stop being surprised right. by it. Isn't that goofy? Yeah, because yeah, even something you said earlier, uh, when you said the hand in the, uh, the fire ants, um, that was an experience that happened to me as a child in Louisiana that nobody knows about Jeremy. And like you fucking tapped into mm-hmm. that. I'm like, eh. Um, <laughs> well i grew up in alabama so yeah, yeah i definitely definitely had my trouble with fire ants as well <laughs> i've actually feel like i've really grown i remember this is off topic but i remember being at church one day and uh, i was probably like 10 or 11 and the pastor was like i want you to write down something that you need god's help with and as a kid i'm like fuck i got no problem so i was like i really don't like ants i have real trouble with ants i wrote that down and then you hear people sharing they're like well, my mom's dying with cancer and this and that. And then I remember leaving and we were in the car driving home. And my mom was, I was like crying. And my mom was like, what's wrong? I was like, the only thing I could think of that I have problems with in life are ants. And the other day I was outside grilling and I looked down and there's just a trail of ants crawling across my foot. And I'm like, Hey, the prayer actually worked. Like I'm not bothered by this. They're doing their thing. They're not biting me. Everything's fine. So I'm growing in my own way. Oh, good. And we've been support. Yeah. So I just, uh, thank you for, uh, yeah. Our little Southern fucking freaky deaky experiences. I don't know how old you are. Uh, you said you were four. I hope. Yeah. 41. You. I don't want to out that if you weren't saying that publicly. 
Yeah, so. Growing up in the 80s in the South, whoa, that is a very different mm-hmm. reality from the reality that we're in right now. So uh, bless us that we have <laughs> uh, learned through. You made it through that storm. We did. Thank you for that perspective. We did make it through that storm. Did you ignore a lot of these things when you were younger? Are we about the same 44. age? Um, I did not ignore, I embraced and was, uh, pretty heavily persecuted chastised. Let me, it's not say heavily. I'm still fucking alive. I wasn't ever burnt at the stake. Um, but I was, I was in a Baptist school in Louisiana. So I was put into detention quite a bit. I had friends who were not allowed to talk to me. So, uh, my experience of being ostracized for being passionate about what I did (laughs) Mm. (laughs) was pretty, uh, showed up pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think for all of us, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the and the resiliency that we have in that, right? Like, um, and I used to call it like whack-a-mole, where like somebody would be like, Oh, you can't study the occult. And I'm like, Well, what about aliens? Um, so I would always like come up with like whatever the thing was, like, oh, you cannot read about seances. And I'm like, oh, cool, I'll read about Loch Ness Monster. So like I would think like these ways of like the resiliency within me, the passion within me couldn't ever be put out regardless of what happened. Yeah. I think that's why I escape into books is because so many things were told, uh, were, were said around me that were like, this is evil. You're not allowed to look at this. You're not allowed to watch this. You're not allowed to talk about this. And so then I would just quietly subversively read fantasy and sci-fi and read about people going through star portals onto other planets where there were dragons and like reigniting their ability to communicate with them. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I told you this, Amy, but I used to, uh, I was a voracious reader as a kid as well. It was my escapism, right? It was finding the worlds that did make sense to me. Um, Sister still says, I hate reading because you escape from us so much in your books. I'm like, wow, that is quite fucking karma to put on me. Like, oh my God, (laughs) doesn't feel fair at all. You can own your own shit there now, girl. (laughs) yeah oh my gosh yeah I'm so grateful for books like when we talk about teachers the amount of Mm. of sci-fi and fantasy authors who open my mind to possibilities just pure possibilities um there was an author that I read as a kid named Lois Duncan do y'all know about her Mm, oh, I okay, such so. a good story because we're on books and uh, so Lois Duncan was writing children's books, uh, preteen mm-hmm. teenage books, right? And Lois was talking about things, um, and I like they were my favorite, Amy, for exactly that reason. She was writing about astral <laughs> projection. She was writing about um, voodoo and hoodoo. She was writing about all kinds of metaphysical concepts. Um, and as an adult, because Jeremy, this plays into what you were saying earlier. As an adult, I wrote her a thank you letter. And I'm like, as a psychic mm-hmm. kid, you were the only thing that made sense to me. And she responded saying, I thought I was making all of that up. Until, <laughs> until her daughter was murdered and she needed to start working with psychics to, un- to contact her daughter. Whoa. Um, wow. Yeah. So that um, I haven't found her books as an adult, but God dang, they were so good. So um, just what an interesting little gift that was as an adult to be able to reach out and be like, thank you for saving my life. And she's like, yeah, I must have been writing them for you because I didn't think any of it was real. <laughs> right. <laughs> so good. 
Um, and I think she does actually have a book where she talks about this whole experience of working with psychics to um, solve the murder of her daughter as well. So, wow, weird little circles, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So if someone wants to work on their psychic abilities, other than just trust, (laughs) <laughs> like it's, you can say trust all day long but like are there any pro- like actual practical try this at home until because I for example when you're working on lucid dreaming doing like the door touching thing where you walk through the doorway and you say like am I dreaming each time you walk through a doorway and so that when you're in a dream and you walk through a door you say am I dreaming and you can actually test it um, that's just like one thing are, are there anything is there um, anything that you did that no Um, And again, like I came in so intuitive that like to try to teach intuition feels so absurd to me because I I don't (laughs) understand how people aren't in touch with it. But as you were talking, what I did here um, is not being afraid to speak the intuition Mm -hmm. so that you can Mm -hmm. find out if it's right or not. Um, And in that regard, it's not just like, hey, um, I'm always one for asking permission of like, I have a thought or a feeling here. Do you mind if I share it? Um, So Mm -hmm. I think I just want to encourage people that with that intuition, because it really is about trust. It's about acting on it. And the more you act on it, the more it validates itself, the stronger it becomes. I like that acting on the yeah, trust. It's, that, it, yeah. it, it's building a muscle. It's not um, a course of study. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was telling my brain that. It's like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> it's, it's listening to it and following it. And then whenever it gets right, you're like, oh, my God. Um, and I used to <laughs> keep notes on that. So that I did have the faith to continue following it because rarely is it logical. Um, and that is the one thing that I can say around intuition. If it's logical, it's not your intuition. If it makes no sense, mm-hmm. it's not logical. Yeah. It would drop out of your head of your head and into your yeah. heart. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I, I, the way that I developed the way that I pull tarot cards is unlike ways that I've seen anybody else do it as well. Amy was like, when I first started doing it, she said, it takes you forever to draw. I was so impatient. I would go Uh, cook something and then come back. (laughs) So I put down the, I put the cards down and then I put my hands over them to feel which cards are speaking to me, right? I can either feel an energetic tingle depending on what is coming through my hand. And as I've developed my style of pulling tarot as well, depending on which finger I'm feeling it through is what I relate the element to, you know, what it's connected to. So I don't know if anybody else does the same thing. If there's certain things that you have done that you've kind of felt that you've uh, developed or adapted in that way, can you speak to that um, at all? I will say I'm really fucking casual about it. If I get too heady, then it's ego. So when I'm pulling tarot cards, mm-hmm. I'm just like, boof, boof. Um, there's not a pause and consider and drop in. For me, it's much, uh, a thank you. And that might also be my human design. I'm, uh, I forget what it's called, but like I'm instantaneous. Right. Mm. So I have to do everything right away. And if I question it, I lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm just trying to answer your question a little more thoughtfully, Jeremy, because I love, um, like, I think I'm just in awe. I'm like, you have different fucking fingers that tell you. <laughs> um, and hopefully letting your listeners hear that as well. Like we will always be jealous of other people's skills. Right. There will always be that place where I'm like, wow, I would have never thought of that. Um, And instead of being uh, jealous less than being in awe, that is so cool. Um, I mean, that in my life, but that's rad that you figured that out. (laughs) Um, So for me, it really is that place of like instantaneous. Don't think about it. Don't digest it. Let it flow through hollow bone. 
Mm -hmm. Um, because if I think about it too much, I'll lose the trail. I'll lose the tail of it. So oftentimes to me, intuition or the channeling feels like a kite. Mm -hmm. All I can do is like, let it flow through. But if I try to chase the kite or try to direct it, I'll be, I'll lose it. Yeah. Um, That's a beautiful imagery of like, yeah, kites, you have to be so, so gentle and free with them. You just have to like, let the string go. Cause the second you pull too hard, it comes down. And that's been my relationship in healing. Um, I don't have any skill set that I have been taught necessarily. Mm-hmm. I have spirits saying, well, what happens when you do this? And I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Let's, ha- let's find. And then it works. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that's my equivalent to your fingers is I don't have like, I've never been attuned to Reiki. I have not been trained in like how to do tuning forks. I have... A relationship with spirit and to me that's the shamanism i have a strong relationship with spirit if they tell me to do something i do it and then somebody feels better that's mm-hmm. that feels like a superpower at times but i don't for a second think that it's me <laughs> it's not- and i love i love that you keep coming back to this whole idea of it not being ours because in that hollow bone idea um as a musician i'm the same way like if i've dropped into ceremony and things are kind of coming through once i lay down the choir of heavenly host is still very present in my mind. Like I've done my work with spirit. I've, you know, I've done whatever the work that was that I was doing in ceremony. And then the things that are still coming through, which people, I guess, use the term inspiration, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, it's there and you're, we're able to actually appreciate it. You know, there's been so many times after ayahuasca ceremonies or after I've gotten done doing like last night's full moon ceremony that I did where I go to fall asleep and I'm ready to kind of like, zone out and pass out completely but the messages that are still coming through are very there and i'm like really would like to write these down i wish there was some way i could plug something into my head and record these songs that are coming through (laughs) and just letting go of the egoic aspect and either saying it like seeing it as spirit kind of giving a big thank you for the work that i've done or just being able to kind of appreciate and be in the moment it's really kind of a mindfulness thing for me as well and i think um as we are all doing this work it is it's a necessity for us to be able to disconnect and just experience sometimes. Well, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know? playing off of that too, like if you don't know if your intuition is working or not, or if it's there, like how do you feel after that's right. going to be the yeah. feedback, not the um, proving, not the, somebody tells me like it went well, how do you feel after? And if that has filled your spirit, that's validation and confirmation enough that what you did worked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jeremy, the other thing that I will uh, suggest here too, because my relationship with Shisahat, as Amy knows a little bit, um, she was, I think I was on like 72 hours of channeling one time and I was like, this body is so tired. And she's like, put it in a crystal. And I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> and so like I held a crystal and like I slept with the crystal and I'm like, I will retrieve this when I'm ready. And sure enough, like I picked up the crystal like a week later and like the frequency and like the download continued. Okay. so uh, that was right. again not anything that like I, I didn't know if it would work and it did and i was like oh my that's so cool um <laughs> i don't know let's try it yeah, it would be fun to play with especially as a musician to see if like those frequencies still live in there later right yeah that would be awesome and easy <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean that's than figuring out how to jack into my yeah. brain i feel like that's you moving past the technology again yeah right? Mm-hmm. Cause there's crystals inside our things that record stuff. Right. So you're just, you're bypassing all of the crazy computer screens and interfaces like, and going straight to the source. 
saving while charging to me one time she's like if you could just put all that you want to share into a crystal this would be so much faster and i'm like fuck yeah it would like would (laughs) great idea we aren't there yet but hopefully soon and that's that's the idea behind lemurian crystals right that we can pick them up and receive what we put down all those years ago for ourselves Um, it's the i I haven't successfully done that yet Um, i'm holding a new crystal that i got that's called a nirvana crystal um, yeah, it, it was a birthday babe who showed up for me. Um, I haven't successfully retrieved anything. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the closest I've gotten is a Kashik. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, there's been, yeah, so many fun things in the field, but we are getting close to an hour and I want you to be able to share about light body activation and about mysteries and all of that. I don't know that I have anything to share. Um, oh, no, I mean, like, what's coming up yeah, for I you? Yeah, I understand, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm oh, okay. Such an avoid. <laughs> I mean, sure, I'm teaching a class in a week, um, but I'm in such a void space of it all and such gratitude uh, that it mm. feels very hard to uh, concretize anything right now. Okay. Um, but, yeah, online mystery school – luminous mysteries um that's been pretty fun to watch what's coming through there um my podcast is cosmic mama podcast which uh the activations and the teachings are starting to flow through there as well um and trying to keep all these streams uh contained in some ways seems harder for me lately (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh Um, but this way showing um that's certainly where i have been placed is to continue to lead in that way. So uh, yeah, rockandrollshaman.com. You can find what's coming up and light body technology, three weeks that we'll be teaching how to activate the Merkaba, working with the Egyptian mystery traditions, activating the Egyptian chakras and rainbow body. Yeah. yeah. Good, good, good stuff on that. Mm-hmm. Um, promotion just feels so tacky. Can I say that too? I mean, I'm stoked about it. You're just talking about it. I'm like, uh, yes, uh, please. And thank that's you. why it's, I'm excited for other people to get to experience this because I think it's so key right now with all that's going on, having the tools of the Merkaba, having the tools yeah. of the rainbows, having the tools of the chakra system. It's, it's like these tools are what are keeping me grounded. Like if I wake Ooh. up and the day feels off, I'm like, hmm, I'm going to go just check in with my my rainbow light body and i'm gonna hang out with some unicorns and dragons and <laughs> then I'll, then i'll go downstairs and deal with my emails so like, i think there's there's something to be said for um allowing people to know that it's coming up and not that we have like a massive audience but if even one more person gets to experience these tools that's what's important to me because it's like they they might not have known otherwise. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I did a video before I got on with you guys where we were talking about light body tech. Um, like activate your awakening. These This is what you need to know after the deprogramming. You need to know this divine um, information after you've deprogrammed from what you thought you were or told you are. We need to be able mm-hmm. to tap back into the divine frequencies of what we really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this is also important just uh, like you were talking about psychic attack. People, I think, are unaware 
that this is an actual real thing. Like spiritual warfare is something that is actually happening on our planet. It has always happened. And it's just, I think it's, we're more, we're more aware of it because of the bubble that, that we all live in, but being able to, being able to quiet some of the noise uh, at being able to put up your defensive walls or put up your shields a little bit so that you can kind of sit and allow your intuition to come through, I think is incredibly important for people who are just now starting this path too. And we, you know, Amy and I constantly talk about people who are beginning this path. It's like, for some reason, we expect people who are listening to this podcast (laughs) who have never heard of the word magic before, but like, I think it's important for everyone. And some people who have worked in ceremonial space or in witchcraft or shamanism and whatever space they, they may not realize the importance of building your your defense up um, before you kind of dive into this and how how much easier it makes your process if you can actually do that. Well, and knowing that your body is not just a physical vessel. Knowing all of these energetic frequencies and then how that expands your understanding of what reality is, like that's where Mm -hmm. I get real excited right now. Like none of what you think you believe is probably true. So like how do we uh, navigate into an expanding reality time stream multiverse? Let's go. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Thank you. See you guys on the eighth dimension. (laughs) Thanks for letting me meet you on this 3d reality to uh, share in this weird time and space. Yeah. Thank Thank you, you, Andy. Thank you for being our first guest. Oh, oh, one last thing before we go for the rest of this cancer season from a like many planets in cancer soul. What would you say um, like for anybody listening, like just the last Uh, little like how to go through this? Yeah, July feels so much easier. Like I cried when I realized how sweet July feels. So letting those tears just continue to wash through instead of trying to make sense of them, I think is the best way to uh, continue to move through. It doesn't need to make sense. It might just feel and giving permission to just let it feel. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you, Andy. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye.